1: We continue today in the book of Revelation, focusing on the letter to the church at Laodicea. You may recall that Elder Buddy Abernathy has been taking us through the book of Revelation, and over the last several sermons, he's been dealing with the lukewarm church, the Laodicean church. Today, he deals in particular with verse 19, which speaks of chastisement. You know, God chastens his people. He doesn't worry about those who aren't his children. But those that are his children, he loves and rebukes and chastens. Brother Buddy takes us through this concept of chastening and explains to us how we ought to be encouraged rather than discouraged when it occurs. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Ah.
0: continue today with the book of Revelation, and we've been looking at the church at Laodicea, which is the last of the seven churches that Jesus addressed. And I believe we spoke regarding this church two times previously. And what we're going to look at today is a principle that applies to God's people. And it's a principle that's emphasized throughout the Bible. And so instead of speaking with regard to the Church of Laodicea, I want to take this principle and see how it's so relevant to our lives today. It'll also establish an important doctrinal truth, which we sometimes refer as eternal salvation And time salvation. Now, while we won't see those words used, you can use that principle to rightly divide uh, this concept. And as we look at various verses, you'll see that it's clearly divided in that way. So, for the sake of emphasis, I want to read uh, Revelation chapter 3 verses 15 and 16, and then verse 19, which is where we were at in going through these verses. Verse 15, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Then verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now, notice the end of verse 16, which we've already talked about. Jesus says, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, that's very harsh language. And that speaks of how the Lord is not pleased with his people, to say the least. But notice, having said that, that I will spew thee out of my mouth, he then says in verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. So here's an important concept. Regardless of how hard the Lord was in rebuking this church, He said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. There's one particular minister in the religious world that is uh, very well known, and he is very knowledgeable of the scripture. And when he preaches, he stays with the Bible. But he has an entirely different belief system, and he would take this church as well as some of the other churches and say, well, these are unbelievers, these are not children of God. And certainly, I don't believe that, and I don't think you believe that. These are baptized believers And the reason I reference the idea that that particular minister has is because notice here, even though the Lord says, I'll spew thee out of my mouth, he then says, I love you. So we want to look at that principle today in verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous therefore and repent. Now first, I want you to have this in mind, which has helped me so much in times that I was struggling. And it's a principle that at least is only emphasized, if not only believed, among the Primitive Baptists. And that is this, I've heard it many times in growing up in the church. And that is that when you're chastened, That's evidence that you're a child of God. Now have you ever been through a time of disobedience in your life and maybe that was the only evidence you had? But isn't that encouraging to know that when you feel condemned over your sin, when you're like David when he said, Lord, are you clean gone forever? When you're like Jonah, who was in the belly of the whale as a result of his disobedience, when you feel condemned in your conscience, that's evidence that you are a child of God. Because we'll see in a little while that there are some that are not chastened. And if you can live any way you please and it not bother you, then that's perhaps evidence that you're not a child of God. Now I realize that the Lord's people can harden their heart. The Bible speaks of searing our conscience. We can desensitize ourselves. But I don't think a child of God will ever get to the point that it doesn't bother him at all to live in sin. So when I think about The the habitual sins that I've had in my life, when I've really felt condemned, if I had no other evidence that I was a child of God, I could take comfort in that. That's a paradox, isn't it? That while you're uncomfortable under the chastening of God, yet you can take comfort that that's evidence that you are a child of God. Because it's only those that he loves that he rebukes and chastens. Now notice how this is taught throughout the Bible. First of all, go to the book of Job chapter 5. And keep this in mind. We are going back in time approximately 1,600 years. 1,600 years. And you'll see that God hasn't changed at all in how He deals with His people. You know, we recognize that the worship was different in the Old Testament. It all those sacrifices were pointing toward the Lamb of God, which would save His people from their sins. But the principles of how the Lord deals with His people, with regard to sin doesn't change notice in job chapter 5 and verse 17 job chapter 5 beginning with verse 17 behold happy is the man whom god corrected Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty, for he maketh sore and bindeth up, he woundeth and his hands make cold. Now we're going to see in a reference we'll turn to soon that you're not happy while you're being chastened. And we'll see that the Scripture uses the illustration of a father correcting his children as how the Lord deals with his. And anyone here that received a whipping when you were a child, you were not happy while the whipping was going on. So we'll try to see what that means in a moment. But so keep that in mind. Happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. So the first point that we need to really keep in mind is don't despise the chastening of the Almighty. Now the word despise in Scripture perhaps may have a slightly different meaning than the way you're accustomed to using it today. When we say we despise something, we sometimes mean I hate that, I can't stand it. The idea when that word is used in the Bible, and I believe there's three times that it's used in connection with the Lord chastening us. It's basically saying don't think light of it, don't ignore it. This is a serious matter. If you ignore God's chastening and continue on your path of sin, the consequences may become more and more severe. So that's an important point to start off with. We've already said the Lord chastens only those He loves. And when He chastens you as one of His children, don't think light of it. Don't ignore it. Don't go on your way continuing down the same path. Happy is the man whom God uh, correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, of the Almighty. Now notice this. He then describes what the Lord is actually doing when He chastens you. He's not punishing you in anger. You know, sometimes as parents, we don't correct our children in the right way. If you correct your child when you're mad at them and you holler at them, uh, that's not the right way. And you see, God's the perfect father. So notice how he chastens his. He maketh sore and bindeth up. He woundeth and his hands make whole. The Lord does these things to get your attention and to save you from the ungodly path you're traveling. And though he makes sore, he binds up. And we'll see that the Lord does that when we repent. He makes sore and he binds up. He woundeth and his hands make whole. So see, our Father loves us in a perfect way. We fathers, we natural fathers, even if we try our best to love our children when we correct them, we're going to make mistakes. We're not going to always do it right, but God always gets it right. And we'll see that in a minute. But He maketh sore. And he binds up, he woundeth, and his hands make whole. And we'll see that the Lord does that as we repent. He makes us sore, but upon repentance, he binds up, he wounds us, but upon repentance, his hands make whole. So we've looked at the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, which was written about 90 A.D., And we went back about 1,600 years and we see the same principle. Now let's look at the book of Proverbs, which we think of as principles for living according to wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, and notice notice how similar the language is. Now this is fast forwarding about 600 years from the book of Job and we're still about 1,100 years prior to what we looked at in Revelation. Proverbs 3 verse 11. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Now notice in all of these passages we keep learning some, or we have additional points made in each one. Revelation teaches us that the Lord chastens us because he loves us. Job taught us that he chastens us, he makes us sore, so he can then uh, bind us up, and now here, notice what he says. He says, "Don't despise the chastening of the Lord." We just learned that from Job. Neither beware of his correction, for the Lord, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Notice that the father chastens the child in whom he delighteth. Now, the world would say that you should never spank your child. If you spank your child, you're causing psychological harm. Well, you can abuse your child and cause psychological harm. But the book of Proverbs says, He that spareth the rod hateth his child. And remember, the Bible says, Let God be true, and every man a liar. That is, if someone recommends something to you in any area of life that clearly contradicts the Word of God, then you're to categorize what they say as a lie. You don't necessarily speak up and call them a liar, but you just make a mental note that that is not the truth because the Word of God says something different. A father corrects the son, not that he hates, not that he wants to get rid of not that he wants to drive away but he corrects the son in whom he delighteth, and the reason he delights in him is because he doesn't allow him to behave in undelightful ways you know we don't delight in our children 24 7 but the idea here is he delights in his son and he wants him to be trained and corrected in such a way that that will continue to be the case. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. And of all the verses we're gonna look at, this is, and perhaps throughout the Bible, at least in the New Testament, this may well be the most detailed Address of how the Lord chastens His people because it will refer to several of the principles we've looked at in these other verses. So in Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm going to begin with the second part of verse 5 because that's where this thought begins. Hebrews chapter 12, the second part of verse 5 My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. There's the third time that that has been stated. Don't ignore the chastening of the Lord. I knew a preacher one time that said, If the Bible says something once, that's sufficient. But if it says it more than once, you better really pay attention to it. Here's three times, and I didn't actually do a search to see how many times this word despise is used in relation to discipline. I'll let that be your homework assignment. But I've I've just, through my own recall, have come up with three scriptures that say, My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. See, if we don't have understanding of why the Lord chastens us and what the result of that will be if we respond the way the Lord would have us to, and that is if we respond in repentance, if we understand that, we won't faint. We won't become weary. If you don't understand that, you just might Be saying, well, God's against me. Uh, God expects me to live perfectly because I sinned and I feel His chastisement. But you see, if we can gain the understanding that is going to be uh, described here in Hebrews 12, then hopefully you will be able to recall this in the future whenever the Lord chastens you for your disobedience. He says, don't faint when you're rebuked of Him. And notice, here we go again. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom whom he receiveth. Now, beginning in verse 7, he'll describe what's going on when you're chastened. He'll especially focus on what you should do, what your attitude ought to be. Verse 7, if you endure chastening, that means if you just uh, allow the Lord, so to speak, we know you don't allow the Lord to do anything, but the idea here is if you remain under it, you don't rebel against God, you don't say, well, I'm just going to, try to ignore this. I'm going to try to distract myself. I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing that bothers me, and hopefully eventually it won't bother me anymore. Here he's saying, if you endure chastening, that means if you say, God, help me to see what I need to change. Why am I being chastened? And usually you already know why you're being chastened. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. Okay, we've already read that the Father corrects the Son in whom He delights. Not the Son that He hates, not the Son that He wants to get rid of. And notice this applies to the Lord. If you endure chastening, God is dealing with you. As with sons, for what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Now I want you to notice how far off track our culture has become. You can no longer say, well what father wouldn't chasten his son?" You can't say that today, can you? Because we know there are multiple fathers that don't chasten their son. But evidently at this time, because of the uh, understanding that the Jews had, that's who the book of Hebrews was written to, and they were, they received a lot of instruction in the Old Testament law as to how to correct their children. So they 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 already had this idea that What father wouldn't chasten his son? For what son is he whom the father chastens not? Why? All fathers chasten their sons when they disobey. But notice this doctrinal point in verse 8. And this will teach the doctrine of election. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Now, I know our world has made that word bastards a cuss word. But obviously, if it's in the Bible, it's not intended that way. We think of that as referring, at least at one time, we thought of that as referring to an illegitimate child. The idea here is that if you be without chastisement, you're not a son of God. But notice this. He says, uh, but if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers? Well, wait a minute. He just said there's some that are not chastened. Yet he uses this phrase, whereof all are partakers. What's he talking about? He's referring to all that the Father giveth me, all the children of God. You see, all rarely ever in the Bible means everyone without exception. The majority of the time, it doesn't mean all of humanity. He's saying all of his children are partakers of god's chastisement and he does that because he loves you not because he wants you to have a miserable life
1: due to the constraints of time we will stop the message here but please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message if you would like to subscribe to our website please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates if you have any questions